Hello and welcome to the Frozen Tundra Dynasty Podcast. I'm your host, Austin Coombs. With me, as always, is my co-host, Mr. Jacob Sanderson. How are you doing? It's been a while. I was going to say, do you even remember what you used to say for your opening? I really don't. You used to say, what's up, Bisons? Can you even say that anymore? No, it's what's up, Thunderbirds. What's up, Thunderbirds? (laughs) I'm coming to you live from the West Coast. On my mattress that has beer spilled all over it. Uh, oh. Yeah, it's it was a it was a sad day. Uh, delay in recording. Um, well, I would say this: the half an hour delay in recording is is partially due to the spilled beer. The the year plus delay in recording um, is due to a number of factors. Yeah. Uh, in case you guys didn't know, which I think all of you should know by now, Jacob's in law school in BC. Um, so that's part one. And I bought a dum, house. Dum. And so between the two of those, we haven't uh, had as much time to podcast as we'd like. But this offseason, we'll be coming to you guys live more often as we talk about upcoming rookies and really do some tape dive and honestly just get more of our fledging, fledgling fantasy careers off the ground. Uh, so, Jacob, do you have any fun updates of what's happened in your life in the last 12 months since our listeners have listened to you? Yeah. Um, so, you know, we're, we're trying to make some side hustles a reality here, uh, you know, Obviously, I was pretty pretty busy working what was significantly more than a full-time job uh, the last couple of years as UMSU president. And, you know, really, uh, law school has been a step down in my commitment load. So it's been an opportunity <laughs> to get going um, on my on my side passion of fantasy football. You can find me on Twitter now, FF underscore RTDB, uh, run the damn ball. Um, that's my ironic fantasy namesake. And, yeah, I think we're going to have some really exciting news coming out just even in the next couple of weeks. Um, yeah. You know, working with uh, Tom and with Billy and Austin pitching in as well on some new stuff coming to the Full Tilt brand. Um, website should be launching fairly soon. We've got podcast episode out that we were doing periodically throughout the year. We're going to have more stuff coming there throughout the off season, And I think pretty soon you'll be finding me um, writing with, uh, you know, one or two other outlets that you might have heard of. So we'll find uh, once that's more official, um, I can drop that in. But I think definitely some fun things are on the way. What's up with you? You know what? I'd also like to just toot Jacob's horn. He's up to 590 followers on Twitter. Uh, he's definitely winning that race. Uh, Tom, when you listen to this later, I'm catching you quick, real quick. Um, I'm up to uh, my own personal fantasy Twitter now so that all my friends can listen to the Leafs and you guys, these people can listen to fantasy football. I got 367 followers. Uh, it's a good time. Sixty-seven time, is a really, good number for us. Three, yeah. Sixty-seven. Really is. Oh, oh no, no, oh, ow. Okay, now I'm sad. This is the year. No, oh. oh, God. <laughs> this is the year. Uh, for those of you guys that don't know us, we die are Leafs fans too. Uh, and let's just say football brings us a lot more joy than hockey does. Um, no, I uh, I bought a house. I moved out. Um, it's been really awesome. I'm in my own office here, getting to record. But uh, COVID's kind of. Uh, ruined a lot of things so i haven't really unpacked i've been super busy hosting competitions virtually and doing everything in my life virtually so we do promise we will get to you guys more often and soon we will have our league together to be able to do fun things like watch mr brad henderson wear a clown costume excuse me at a bombers game oh yeah I it's gonna be wait. great so uh we'll quickly recap a few fun things here we'll do a little look back on the season that we didn't podcast at all um First and foremost, we'd like to congratulate our league champion. The king is now dead. Long live the new king, Mr. Lindsey Habib. Hooray. Yay. 
Jacob, do you want to comment on it first since you are Mr. Second Place? You know, uh, we we fought hard. We overcame a lot. And we had a fun run, but it just wasn't enough. Uh, you know, it's disappointing as someone who had three teams with Stefan Diggs, who averaged over 30 points in the playoffs, that I won none of the three leagues that I have Stefan Diggs in. But it turns out Devontae Adams is just a little bit better. So it was a fun it was a fun one. It was a close one. A lot of it came down to Sunday night, and uh, Lindsay's team performed phenomenally throughout the year and phenomenally week 16. So hats off to you, Lindsay. I'll be coming for you next year. Yeah, I uh, I know we had a really good battle. Um, there was a lot of really good Snapchats that I think Sid has some saved for you guys <laughs> of me getting obnoxiously drunk on my couch, threatening to oh. walk into the river and a lot of river my life. In the semifinal. A lot the semi- of our semifinal was insane. Like there were like it the swings and the win probability for anyone that follows like Ben Baldwin or any of those analytics guys on Twitter that do the the win probabilities of NFL games, if someone just tracked that like based on sleepers win probability estimates throughout our semifinal, it would have been oh. un- unbelievable. We um, had totally insane. Like we had Titans, so I had Derrick Henry and you had the AJ Brown Ryan Tannehill stock, and that, oh, was, that was a good. stressful game of that I was, was done with it. And then I pretty much Derrick Henry was my only early game player. And then I had everyone in the late window. And then I got to watch Jalen Hurts and Kyler Murray just throw haymakers. And my points just that go game. up and up and up <laughs> as I'm watching my house of cards, Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins, Chase Edmonds stack just put up points. I think they put up combined just under 100 points, the three of them, if I remember Yeah, and Kenyon Drake, I think, had six to contribute. And, yeah, and like you had Kenyon Drake, and it was just tilting. And so going into the last night and looking at the Steelers against the Bengals, thinking, this is, let me wipe my hands. I might have a chance coming back from the death. And and Big Ben. Oh, uh, Ben. Oh, Ben. I uh, rage-dropped Big Ben that night. Uh, had no no problem with it. I hated him so much. I may have spent every last dollar of fab to get him back. But uh, yeah, hated hated him for a good week. Still hate the Steelers. I'm not a Steelers fan whatsoever. I don't know why I own so many of them. But yeah, it was a fun semifinal. Watching Tom melt down, losing to Lindsay was also a little bit of fun. I'm not yeah, gonna lie. Yeah, we had lie. two great semifinals. Both came down to uh, Sunday night and then Monday night for ours. Yeah. So uh, yeah, last season was really fun. And then of course in the other game. Uh, Trevor, I want to talk about Trevor for a second, came within one game, one defensive decision from making the playoffs. Instead, loses on goes on a four-game losing streak to get into the clown competition. Um, and so having I was texting him for the game. He's like, if I wear this clown suit, I'm going to actually kill myself. And I'm like, I wouldn't be surprised because you lost five straight. You could have been in the playoffs. Like you were there and then everything fell apart. Yeah. But Trevor, Trevor pulled through. Not surprising. Brad's team is literal garbage we were always destined to get here with brad's team in 2020 and i think that you know the future is bright it could have been more bright if his two first round picks didn't both make the championship game but it still (laughs) remains brighter than what happened in 2020 yeah so yeah last season was great Uh, it'll be a lot of turnover uh early predictions for next season uh, I think we're going to have a lot of turnover in the playoffs. I'm really personally scared about, like, I think Lindsay's fine. I'm scared about Kieran. Like, this year was a blip, but he's got potentially – he's got two of the first three picks in the draft. So Yeah, we're going to see a lot of changes because the yeah. playoffs have actually been pretty static. Like, the first the first year, it was Adam won the division, Lindsay won the division, Tom won the division, Sid won the division, and then me and Kieran were wild cards. 
This time, Sid repeats as division champion. Adam and I swap spots from divisional wildcard, but same two teams make the playoffs. And then Tom repeats as division champion. This time, uh, Lindsay wasn't division champion, but he's wildcard. You take the division championship. So, so far on two years, the only swap was you and Kieran. Um, yep. Otherwise, the other five two playoff teams have remained static. I don't think that's happening next year. I think no. for sure we got, we've had teams that have really been on diverging timelines. I think that this is sort of a two-year window of how the league uh, sort of went with a few teams that were really dominating over this first half. And we'll see you know, which of those can sustain, which of those drop off, because there's definitely teams that are getting a lot stronger coming into next year. Yeah. The, I know the big rips division, Trevor, Marty, and Sid, like that division is going to be terrifying like that's going to be a slugfest and then i'm going to suck i think well actually it's not going to be it's not going to be the ns it's not going to be the nfc east anymore because no i've been i've been calling the big rips division the nfc east because i think it's two straight years where it's been one with the lowest record as the four seed the lowest points for that all of a sudden uh it's definitely it's definitely coming alive for sure it's yeah. like the how the NFC West, like I think it was what, five, ten years ago, the NFC West sucked, and now it's like Fine. the best now division in football. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Almost yeah. all four teams made it this for the NFC West. So, yeah, uh, yeah. looking ahead, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we've got the draft coming up soon. But what we're going to talk about before we get into our league stuff here is we want to talk about who our top 12 rankings are right now at the end of the Dynasty season. So we're going to talk about our top 12 quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends. Uh, again, if you guys follow Jacob at FF underscore rtdb you'll see his p- rankings pinned right at the top he gets really angry if you draft off of them and snipe his guys all the time like furious at me the amount of times i've used his rankings. like it's one thing when you do it in like round three but when you start drafting moali cox it's just uncalled for <laughs> yeah so um we're gonna start with the quarterbacks i think we both agree uh very much on our quarterback one here uh patrick mahomes i don't think there's a lot really we have to say besides do yeah, hot take hey, hot take patrick mahomes yeah, so I believe Marty has him in our league, and it's definitely a good time to have him. He's a good He's player. He's got, like, Hill's great, Kelsey's great, that's great. That's a tier in our own, I think. I think we both agree on that. Um, yeah. I personally have more people in my tier one, but I think I haven't changed mine in a while. But uh, next, uh, I, at my time, this has changed actually a lot. I'm looking at both of them. Who do you have as your QB two right now? I know we have kind of the yeah. tiers the same, but I mean, I have, I have, I have a whole tier two, but there's really sort of two guys at the top of tier two, and then there's three guys that are a little lower, and the two guys at the top for me are Deshaun Watson and Josh Allen, and I have Deshaun two, I have Allen three, but I could easily flip those. I think clearly those are the second and third in my opinion in terms of just looking at quarterbacks that are highly mobile, that also I think have shown shown them with their arm that they can do it in multiple ways where if their mobility declined over time, you know, if they were to suffer an injury, I still have confidence that they could be in every week QB one, really no matter what the circumstances are. Yeah. I, I went and looked at my ranks. I haven't touched them in a little while. I got to update mine, but seeing how low I had Josh Allen with how he ended the season just seems crazy talk now, but you really can't argue with those two. Josh Allen is a legit MVP consideration this year with how he's, excuse me, how he's played, but uh, Watson, you look at Watson's stats and who he had at wide receiver, like, he had Will Fuller, the drug lord himself, um, the only guy to move more pills than Chris Joss, um, but Way to go, Will. That, you hit that needle, buddy. How, like, past that, what did he have? And he's still out there just oh, He was putting up two- stats at the end of the year with Cooks and, and QT and Chad Mbop Hansen. 
Like, yeah. he was, and he was still dealing. And Jordan Akins, who can't tell the difference between the sun and the football, like, he was still putting up stats. Yeah. So, and 78-year-old David Johnson. Like, is he 78? I thought he was already up to 85. Wow. He's getting younger he by is, the day. He's, an, he's a very old man. And if yeah. you look at his profile photo on Sleeper, it does not look like the profile photo of a 29-year-old. Like, it, he looks like he's... He certainly looks like he would be targeted for Viagrads at this point. <laughs> so, yeah, that's kind of our top of that tier. And then I think we agree here. I have Kyler Murray probably higher than most. That might be a little biased. But Kyler Murray... Well, he's Justin higher than Herbert. me. I think I'm lower than most. Yeah. I think I, the more I watch Kyler Murray, since I watch a lot of Cardinals games now, uh, big Cardinals guy, um, I love him. I think he's got a lot of potential in the league. But it just... Cliff Kingsbury scares me now. Like, I've gotten on this hype train of Cliff Kingsbury has not won eight games in, like, oh, more than eight games in, like, six years. Like, in yeah, any he's, league. He's like, low-key bad. Like, he was supposed to be this big revolutionary, but, like, I think he's holding Kyler back. Like, Kyler nukes, great stack. But, yeah, Herbert is, look, I remember when we were talking draft season last year, and I said, take the quarterbacks, one, two, three. And Jacob said, you're insane. And I was like, maybe Jacob's right. No. If you took Herbert... At any point last season, 103 passed, you, you did the right thing. And you might not I mean, always be the right choice. But I mean, I'd r- much rather have Jonathan Taylor right now than Justin I mean, Herbert. yeah, you'd rather have Jonathan Taylor. But Justin Herbert, you, if you took him at 103, you're not upset. You're not upset. No, you're not You're not upset. And you probably got him at 203. So you're, you're super not upset. Yeah. And you're probably more upset if you uh, drafted Jonathan Taylor and then traded him for Tua uh, anyway. So I don't know who did that. Yeah, that was oh. a weird move by you. It was me. Um, but you also, you to, to to be fair, you also drafted Swift and traded them for Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, so uh, made a lot of bad moves this season. But uh, the one in here that I'm concerned about, Lamar Jackson. Uh, I personally like he's looked better the last few weeks, but he's definitely in my brain a little bit lower of a tier. Like I've got a kind of a big five there, um, and then I go on to we go on to Dak and Russell Wilson. Um, Dak's been injured all year. Russell Wilson's a little older, but they're gonna put up numbers for you. Without a problem. Um, I disagree with you a little on Lamar. Like, I I have that sort of rounding out my tier. I have Herbert four, then Kyler, then Lamar. I think I, I really see Kyler and Lamar as pretty interchangeable. I think that both of them, I mean, those are the two best rushing quarterbacks in the league, for sure. Uh, I have concerns about both of them, passing-wise. I think both of them seem to look really great against weaker competition. Against tougher competition, they struggle through the air, for sure. And that's why they're just a little bit lower than Deshaun and Josh. Um, but I, I don't know. I don't know that Kyler's significantly better passer than Lamar. I think he, he has the stronger arm for sure, but I, I worry about his decision-making. I worry about his accuracy. I, I worry about that with both of them, frankly. But the, the sky is really high on both. I have Herbert a little higher um, just because I, I trust his arm more, uh, but he doesn't have the same mobility as Deshaun Watson or Josh Allen, and he hasn't proven it, I think, on, on a large enough scale. But those are the top six. Then I have Dak and Russ, just like you do. Where, where do you go for 9, 10, 11, 12? I would say I, I fade Herbert way more than the average person. I'm well aware of that. Um, I just want to see a bit more. Uh, near the end of the season, it was falling off a little bit. But uh, I'm going to give most people the benefit of the doubt that they like Herbert more than me. Um, so that kind of top eight, though, that is what I describe as if you have them, you don't have to worry about it. Once you get past eight, in the back of my brain, I'm already thinking, okay, we got to make sure we're aware we might need to draft a quarterback in Superflex. Um for me here, uh, Joe Burrow's a lock at nine because I before he went down, he looked so damn good. Like, him going down was just depressing because I have him in a few leagues, but even if I didn't, he was just fun to watch. That offense is going to be fun. He's made, like, T. Higgins and him are going to be a dynamic duo for the next five, ten years. 
Like, I get no complaints about Jumbo Joe. Joe, the Tiger King Burrow. Um, especially of the rookies. Like, Tua's got some question marks. Jalen Hurts, don't even get me started. But, yeah. Not in our top 12? Not in my top 12, that's for sure. Not in my top 12? No. So, yeah, I think Joe's at 9. Uh, I personally am higher than most with Tua at 10. I still really believe his OC just got fired. I think I've watched a lot of Tua. He looks good. Some of his decision making is rough, but I think when he's being compared against Burrow and Herbert, uh, it, it obviously looks rough compared to the two of them, but I think he's still got so much potential that I'm still a big believer in him. I've been drafting. I've seen how far he's fallen in so many drafts, and I just keep picking him up where I can. But, like, if Tua's my QB2, I'm feeling great. If he's my QB1, I'm a little iffy, but I think he's a low-end QB1. So he's my 10. My personal 11 would be Ryan Tannehill. Uh, he's so efficient. As soon as he left Adam Butthole Gase, he, uh, he's been light out. He, I watched him single-handedly murder me in the playoffs, which was really depressing, but I think he's great. And then at 12, it really comes down to how much you value Aaron Rodgers' age versus Baker Mayfield's age. Aaron Rodgers is obviously the higher ceiling, uh, and Baker Mayfield a lot younger. Um, Aaron Rodgers is going to be better if you're a contender, but I love having Baker as a low-end QB1, high-end QB2 everywhere I can. Yeah, I got Burrow at nine as well. I do have Aaron Rodgers up at 10. And I just think, you know, looking at those other guys, and that's really the consideration. It's, 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 I'm comparing them against Tua, Tannehill, Mayfield, and Hurts. And, you know, like Tua, there's already questions. Are they going to draft someone this offseason? I tend to think they don't. And I certainly the think The answer is no. But the questions are out there. You know, he, he hasn't exactly been lighting the world on fire so far. And we've seen in the modern day NFL teams can move away from a quarterback pretty quickly. You know, Tannehill, I think uh, certainly looks great, but he's 32. So you're not getting that, you know, insane longevity out of him either. Baker, you know, he's been, he finished the season really strong, but early in the season, there were a lot of questions. I've still never seen that really high fantasy ceiling with him and Jalen Hurts. I mean, you know, I liked parts of what I saw. I think some of them were a little overblown, I still am not 100% sure in any way he's a starter for 2021, and, and certainly I'm not 100% sure he's a starter beyond that. So to me, if, if there's sort of questions about all of these guys after that one- to two-year window, I'll just take the guy who is going to give me top five production. So I'll just take Rodgers at 10, um, and then I'll go Tua at 11, Tannehill at 12, Baker just barely missing that at 13 but i would i love where baker's at i've been getting him in round six of drafts and super flex if you're really punting on quarterback and he's your qb1 i think that's you know one of the best routes you can go in terms of that super late qb1 would be him or Tannehill. and similarly you know if you're gonna go quarterback at the start of the draft but you don't want to miss out on all the top running backs wide receivers you know don't bother doubling up on quarterback first three rounds just take bakers your qb2 in round six and i think you're you're totally fine so that's that's oh, yeah. sort of our our top 12s and uh what do you think of running back i was gonna oh, say sorry, real quick uh jalen hurts he's god awful don't even get me started no, no. he's, he's the future awful, of the eagles though. he's good for fantasy he's an awful quarterback no i, I, mean, I i'm gonna hate yeah. on it until i see different but i want to make it clear that is real critical take. that's that not is my hard take. i think jalen hurts is fine but he's not my top 12 i think he's going way too high in drafts oh he's going where was the highest i've seen i've seen him in the he's been in the mid third i've seen him in the mid third and it's insane no there's no way like if he's going before the 102 or he's going for half yeah. the rookie picks i'd yeah, rather he's going ahead of justin fields actually that's a good question yeah assuming that lawrence goes to jacksonville yeah and let's just assume fields goes to the jets yep where would you put lawrence where would you i have fields? 
I have them in my rankings, and I haven't touched my rankings in a little while, but at the time, I had it Lawrence at five, regardless of where he goes, and I had Fields at nine. So I had Lawrence in that elite tier of kind of top seven, eight guys that are really good, and I had Fields in the question mark kids group, which was kind of where I had all this year's rookies. I actually think the more I watch Fields, and especially after that semifinal game, and I don't want to say one game overblows something, but... I think Fields in fantasy could be like I think the gap between Fields and Lawrence in fantasy is minimal, and the gap on like actual quarterback could be larger. Like Fields is going to ball out. If if I'm below kind of your Aaron Rodgers at ten on your rankings, I'm 100% drafting a quarterback. And if I have one of those top two, like Kieran's about to, like I would love to have either of those guys. They're going to be top ten, top twelve guys for me the second they step in the league. Yeah, I have even a smaller gap. I have Lawrence at seven, so he'd be right behind Lamar Jackson, just ahead of Dak Prescott. And then I would put Fields at, well, nine right now, but I guess it'd be 10 if I'm putting Lawrence in there, right ahead of Joe Burrow and right behind Russell Wilson. So just Dak and Russell would be the only two separating them. Let's uh, let's move to running back. Who? Let's give a quick rundown of your top 12 quick. so we don't take uh, too, yeah, too long. Um, so real quick, I think this is our, not even our heart take. Uh, I'm looking at your old ranks. This isn't even correct. Jonathan Taylor's RB1. Tell me a, yeah, tell I've, me I've a reason Taylor Jonathan Taylor is not RB1. I don't reason. see a good reason. Um, like to me, I think if you're taking look, okay, I'll, I'll say this. I think Taylor has to at least be three. I think that the only two that you can make a case for ahead of him are McCaffrey and Barkley. I tend to value youth pretty strongly in my rankings. I think Taylor is clearly the best positioned from what he showed, what his prospect profile says, and what his situation is going forward. I think he should be the rookie RB1 at this point. You know, maybe maybe that'll change in a couple of years, but I think at this point he has to be the rookie RB1. And to me, he's the overall RB1. He's, you know, three years younger than Barkley, three years or th- three years younger than McCaffrey, sorry, two years younger than Barkley. And the biggest question about him was, is he going to be this, you know, Derrick Henry, Nick Chubb type where he's an elite rusher, but he's not putting up the pass game um, work. You know, I don't think so. He, you know, he's not putting up 80 catches like Saquon did in his rookie year, but he is the most efficient pass catching running back in the National Football League this year. Part of that's Philip Rivers, but he was really, really excellent on the backfield. He was super fluid. He was making stuff happen after the catch. And so I expect his pass game work to only go up and up and up kind of similar to how Zeke's did, right? Like he had good, not great pass game work coming into the league. And each year it got better and better and better to the point that I think it was his third year. I think he had like 75 or 80 catches. So I think Taylor can keep going up. They're going to want to keep running the offense through him. So he's he's my RB1 because I, I have no questions about the talent. I have no questions about the situation. And you're going to get, you know, at minimum four years more of Jonathan Taylor before the AJ Pex hits. Whereas... You know, McCaffrey, Barkley, I you know I'm not concerned about, I don't consider them sell candidates like I do some others that we'll talk about, but you still only have, you know, one more full season before you start getting on the wrong end of the AJ packs and you start getting into that territory where what if they get injured again, right? Now you're coming back post AJ packs. What if they start slowing down? What if they don't look as good? The market's just a little bit more volatile. So I have Taylor one and then I have McCaffrey two. I have he- Swift at three because I'm extremely high on DeAndre Swift. You know, similar reasons age-wise, what I said for Taylor, except he is that pass catching back. I think we're going to see Swift as a guy who can get 70, 80 catches in a season. He was, you know, a high-end RB2 this year on less than 50% of the snap share and forecast that into next year. I see no reason why a snap share doesn't get, you know, up 65, 70%. 
and then Barkley four. That's my elite yeah. top four tier. Where where's think, where's your? Top I think tier the at? only argument in there for CMC since I asked it is if you're in a full PPR, you can make that argument that CMC is probably going to catch more oh, balls than for JT sure. for I sure. Mean, like that's I, I the only argument. You had a Taylor in 2021, certainly. Yeah, but yeah, age wise, like if you if you have JT, there's not a lot of moving him for. Not a lot. I've sniped Jacob in two drafts on him, and I almost got my head ripped off. And I didn't care. I will never sell Jonathan Taylor in any of yeah. that I have him. Yeah. My my top four, top five, kind of my elite tier, CMC, Jonathan Taylor, Saquon. Uh, I think Kamara still up there. I, the only mm. reservation I have mm. was what happened with uh, when Breeze was out. But I think he's just, his talent will win out. Uh, and then uh, Swift would be to kind of round out the top five. So I just kind of bumped Kamara into a into a top five there. But Swift Swift is crazy good. Like he the Lions situation there is a little bit worrisome, but uh, just not you don't know what the incoming situation is going to be. But overall talented. He was my RB uh, one pre draft. He was my RB two post draft. Uh, Jonathan Taylor was my two and then became my one when he got drafted to the Colts. So uh, I loved both of them. I made a lot of stupid moves with them this season. I really regret, but that's kind of my top same points you've got up there. Uh, I think in our next group, um, I think we'll agree on most of these. Uh, Dalvin Cook, obviously high end, as long as he's still moving, will be up there. Uh, you still have him around five, six there. Yeah, I got I got Cook five ahead of Kamara actually. Although I have those two kind of similarly, that's sort of the break for me between the you know the super elite and slightly below age apex running backs with McCaffrey and Barkley versus you know in my opinion are the two best rookies in Taylor and Swift. Then you have those prime age apex running backs, Cook and Kamara. Those are running backs. I respect their value. I don't take them where they go in startups. Just frankly. Um, you know, I just I just don't want to take that piece at the turn where they got one year, you know, at that age 25, which, you know, 26 to me is sort of the magic number. Once you go 26, it doesn't get better. Um, it might not get worse for a while. Some running backs age much more gradually than others, but anxiety creeps in. So I won't be taking Cook and Comerica, but obviously if you have them, you should fully expect them to be top five running backs 2021. And then I get into that next year of I think- rookies. Which, yeah, you know, all, all, I, I don't even how I order the next four changes daily. But in, in some order, it's Clyde Gibson, Akers and Dobbins. Um, I've, I've been honestly more inclined to take Dobbins. If anything of those four, he feels the safest um, just based on the talent that he displayed and and sort of the, the organizational structure there. But any of those four, I think, are fine. And then I round out my top 12 with Nick Chubb and with Miles Sanders. What? How does the rest of your top 12 My go? My big difference here, uh, those four rookies for me, for me it's a three, and it's always kind of been a three. Uh, Gibson is the one I'm the highest on. He has flown up my boards. Uh, I'm a huge Gibson believer now. I moved him early in the season because I didn't believe. And the more I watch, I think that Washington team is about to be scary good. And you look at the the build of that team, I think that that means Gibson is going to end up being a top five running back without a problem. Uh, J.K. Dobbins would be second without, like, those two have the most stable situations and I think are the most talented. Uh, Cam Akers, Nick Chubb, Miles Sanders. Cam Akers is just a younger version, but those three, I have no problem if I have them. Uh, and then for me, actually, uh, the more I read into it, I think Derrick Henry is in my top 12 and CEH is not. Um, Derrick Henry is old. 
and I will fully admit that. And as the running backs don't matter, King, and I hate it, and I have Henry on rosters, I think he's going to be keep going. Like, I know he's supposed to drop off, but I bet against it last time, and I thought it was this year. But we've never seen a guy of his size with his speed with, like, he didn't play, like, he doesn't have as much wear and tear from back in the day. Like, he wasn't immediately in there day one kind of thing. He at, eased into this. So I think he's, his, like, mileage on the tires, as they say, like, I think he's going to get a lot further into this. So I wouldn't say if you're a rebuilder, obviously, don't go out and buy Derrick Henry. That's stupid. But if you're a contender and you can get Derrick Henry, go get Derrick Henry still. I still think he's got at least two seasons, maybe a third before the wheels really come off with just a, how he's built B the fact that he's avoided pretty much most injuries um, and see just how fucking good he is. Like God, he's good. My yeah, CEH I mean, he's, hate is, he, it's okay. he's insane. Like I, I love Derrick Henry. I don't know. I can't do it with him. I, I have him 14. I, I could probably move him at 13 above Josh Jacobs, but I, I can't put him above anyone else on this. I just, I don't know. I, I think it's, it's fully possible and maybe even probable that, you know, at his size with his lack of injury history, that he is, you know, one of those outliers because those do exist, right? We've seen Curtis Martin, Adrian Peterson, um, you know, who are some other Tiki Barber, another Frank Gore. He, well, the, the Frank Gore. He like, is infinite. Yeah, but like he didn't. He wasn't like no, good. He wasn't good. <laughs> like yeah. like Colts hey. Frank. Colts Frank Gore was shitty. He is uh, the leading rusher of all time. Or if he's not, he's real well, close. Good, good for him. But um, like with Henry, like I don't know. It's just. It's still scary. He still doesn't catch passes. I just, I don't know. I don't know how long I can expect, you know, these 350 carry seasons to continue. He's going to be 27 starting next year. So, you know, that's even a year beyond the year where I start getting a little scared. Will I have, you know, every confidence in him going into 2021 redraft leagues? For sure. Do I have confidence that that's 100% going to pay off? You know, no. no. And then the next year is going to be 28. I just, yeah, like it does, it definitely scares me. And to me, I just don't want to own that anxiety. I'm an anxious no, enough I... person anyways. I'm anxious in every facet of my life. And Henry honestly gives me anxiety. Um, it wouldn't surprise me in the slightest if he just continues to keep it up. But he'll be keeping it up on other people's rosters. And Clyde, I, I don't know. I don't understand why people are so out on him. You know, he was, until he got injured, he was hovering right around RB1 production. I think people took him in the first round of redraft leagues, you know, ahead of Derrick Henry in some places, ahead of Dalvin Cook in some places. That was pretty silly. Um, I am you know, that and person. I think, and, and I think, like, people's grandiose expectations definitely got the best of them, and I had really high expectations for him, too. You know, post-draft, he was my RB1. Pre-draft, I had him only behind Swift. Um, you know, I still like what I've seen from Claude. Like, he still has been effective in the passing game, maybe not used as much as, as if we originally hoped, but he's still been pretty effective on the ground. And you see with the Chiefs, like a lot of people are pointing back to how effective Damian Williams was last year. And they're saying, well, how can Clyde not be, you know, just as effective as Damian Williams? Well, first of all, they're just not throwing the running backs as much this year. I, I don't know if that's going to be a long going trend or if that's just sort of a this year thing or what that is. But Specifically with Clyde, I mean, look at what happens when he's out. Like Daryl Williams and Le'Veon Bell are like the least efficient running backs in the NFL. You know, they've been missing Laurent Duvernay Tardif all year, a uh, great Canadian hero. Uh, the running blocking has really 
running blocking. Wow. Their run blocking has really regressed this year. So I don't think that this situation has been quite as incredible from like a rushing efficiency perspective as we expected. I understand that Clyde's athleticism doesn't pop off the charts the way that some of these other running backs do, but I still like what I've seen. You know, I've, I've slid him back behind Taylor and Swift for sure. I think you could definitely argue, you know, Gibson or Akers or Dobbins or any of them over him, but I, I don't know. I don't see that he's a full gap behind those guys. I think going into next year, he was clearly their best running back this year. We saw before he got hurt, he was increasing his snap share. Bells was decreasing. I think next year he will take that third down roll fully away from Daryl Williams, that two-minute roll away from Daryl Williams. And if he gets that, you know, I think that we're going to see an increase in passing volume. He's still going to have a lot of opportunities for touchdowns on that team. Um, I think Clyde is a buy low going into next year, and I, oh, I'm yeah. not worried about it. I'm not worried about I, him at all. I think he's a buy low. Where he's going in startups right now, I don't want to pay for it. But if we can get him low, go get him. Uh, my last question before we move on. Uh, of There's a lot of running back big names outside of our top 12. Who are you most okay to get wrong? Um, I've got a good answer here. Like some, just some names for you guys to think about, but like Derek Henry's outside of yours, Aaron Jones, Zeke, oh, yeah. uh, James Robinson, David Montgomery, RB1, David Montgomery. Oh God. Um, I know he's a big favorite of ours, but who are you most okay right. with getting wrong? Well, I'm just going to confirm you're talk. you're going to talk about James Robinson, right? I am a hundred percent going to talk about James Robinson. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll tag in when you talk about James Robinson, I'll, I'll take this conceptually. I'm the most okay to miss out on the 2021 rookie running backs. Um, I think that this year, right, we're looking at, what is it, six rookie running backs in my top 12, five in yours, and Clyde's just missing. Yeah. Um, some people even have James Robinson in their top 12. So we're looking at, like, you know, six or seven stud running backs. You know, A.J. Dillon's even fly, flying up boards right now. I think that that's going to lead to, you know, over-expectations on these 2021 rookies. We're going to talk about it throughout the offseason, but my RB1 amongst the 2021 rookies is not the name that most people say. My 2021 RB1 at this point is Javante Williams, not uh, I said Etienne Harris, not Najee Harris, not Travis Etienne. Um, I have legitimate concerns with Travis Etienne. Um, I think that he is great when given sort of this free runway. I don't love his vision. Um, I don't love his ability to actually create yards on his own. Um, with Harris, he's everything that I want in the running back. However, um, I do have some concerns about, you know, his age <laughs> coming out as a 23 year old rookie. I have concerns about how that's going to, you know, hold up in terms of not, not how long he's going to be in the league, but we need to view his production and how he looks right now through the prism of the, that he's the same age as Miles Sanders and Josh Jacobs, right? Not the same age as most rookies coming into the league. So I just think overall, all these guys, I would take all six of the 2020 rookies comfortably over these guys. I would have taken them over these guys if they came out last year with regards to Etienne and Harris. And I think that especially if they land in the perfect landing spot, you're going to see people going, hey, look, Jonathan Taylor, he was the top running back last year as a rookie. Now he's a top three running back. I want to treat you know Etienne the same way. I want to treat Harris the same way. I'm not going to be doing that. And while I think they are very good prospects, I don't think that they are, you know, these bulletproof prospects like we have right now. Talk to me about James Robinson. I'll say for a quick jump there, I just on that, uh, I, as much as I hate to tell anyone this, but Javante Williams is very close. He's my 1B. Uh, Najee Harris's age doesn't worry me as much as it worries you, um, because if he's good, yeah, I'll trade him before he gets too old. Um, but uh 
I only think those guys would maybe be 12, 13, but you're right. I'd rather have every rookie in this class. So they might bump a Miles Sanders, Josh Jacobs. That's where I think these rookies end up for me. Um, but James Robinson. <sighs> what is your saying about James Robinson that you love to preach so much, Jacob? Something about the establishment. Look, the, the James Robinson industrial complex it's, will not tell you a lot of things. What are some things they won't tell you? They, I think the highest I've seen him go is the end of the second round. No, I saw him go at 1-7 yesterday. Did I not yeah, see him go at 1-7? He went at 1-7. I, I have never gotten so angry at someone in fantasy football in my life as I was watching James Robinson get drafted at 1-7. Look. I understand the Jaguars have holes. They're going to draft Trevor Lawrence first overall, or they're going to make a big mistake. But they're going to draft T-Law. They've got other holes to fill. Is James Robinson probably going to be the starter next year? Yes. Do you disagree with me on that, Jacob? No, I don't. Is he going to 100,000% going to have competition brought in, either through a late-round draft pick or through free agency? Do you agree with that? Oh, for sure. He's either going to get like a fourth-round pick, or it's going to be like the Gus Bus or something, or Marlon Mack or whatever. Is Gus bad at football? No. no. Gus is like low-key good. And is Marlon Mack bad at football? No, Marlon no. Mack's better than James Robinson. The amount of running backs that are going to be on the free agent block this year and be able to trade teams, like that situation is screaming timeshare. They get someone cheap. Heck, Carlos Hyde has looked good for Seattle this year. If they bring Stop. Carlos Hyde in, Stop. he's not like – he's like. Hey, here, just really quick on running backs you like. Javante Williams in Seattle if Carson leaves. Thoughts? Oh, I love it. Oh, I'd, I'd love, love it. it. Like, I'd love anyone Carson, in Seattle. Like, anyone in Seattle. Hyde has looked good in that system. Like, they're going to bring someone in. He's not going to get 93 to 98% of the rushing work every single week. He's being propped up by volume. Is he a good running back? Yes. But guess what? So is Ronald Jones. So is David Montgomery. So is A.J. Dillon. Like, there are a lot of good running backs in the NFL. I've heard Jacob scream this more times than I can count. There are good running backs. There are only so many opportunities. There's going to be more timeshare backs. There's going to be less bell cow backs. James Robinson right now is a bell cow back. I'm willing to bet everything on him not being a bell cow back next year, and he's going to have yeah. to split some of the work, and that's yeah. going to drop him. I'm so sure of this. Like I, When I look at James Robinson, look, like the production is great. And I loved James Robinson preseason. Like, I had James Robinson in most of my leagues. I wanted him in this league, but we tied on the frickin' bid and Trevor got him. I like James Robinson. This is not like a James Robinson's gonna, you know, the helium's gonna pop out of the balloon or anything. I think he's gonna be totally relevant next year. But I just, I foresee a scenario, you know, let's say they sign a Marlon Mack and maybe, or maybe a Jamal Williams or a Gus Edwards or one of these backs. It's not super inspiring to be, you know, the number two guy. You know, what if James Robinson gets hurt and that guy comes in and looks just as good? You know, what if what if James Robinson, you know, just looks somewhat pedestrian and they start splitting 60-40? Like, I just see a scenario, like, let's say it is Marlon Mack. And is it, like, that hard to comprehend that Marlon Mack couldn't look just as good as James Robinson? It's not for me. Like, with Robinson, he's an average athlete as a running back. He has an, a below-average agility score. He's got an average speed score. He's got very high burst. You know, he has good vision. He knows how to play the running back position. He's a very competent pass catcher. He has good contact balance, all the intangibles, but he's not a complete game changer. He's not an irreplaceable running back. He's a very good running back. And we have seen running backs that are good, right? Like Marlon Mack, like Philip Lindsay, you know, get replaced, right? Like these running backs are good, but they still get replaced because there are more than 32 good running backs in the NFL. 
So I don't think that Robinson's necessarily going to get totally replaced. Competition will be brought in. I'm not extremely confident that he will outshine it. You know, I'm not selling low on him. If you have him, I still think you have a rock-solid RB2 in James Robinson. But I don't think we're ever going to see you know him as a top-five running back ever again. And when I see him going ahead of Akers, Gibson, Dobbins, you know, no, guys stop, that are elite, stop, elite stop. athletically and project, in my opinion, to have a similar workload next year that Robinson has to start off with, I think it is insane to me. Right, like if you want to take him ahead of Ronald Jones, if you want to take him ahead of David Montgomery or Chris Carson, whatever those guys, Kareem Hunt, go for it. Like that's fine, but I think that's the tier that he's in. Frankly, if you want to take him ahead of like Zeke, I'm more okay with it because at least he has youth on oh. his side, so he has some upside. But like I, even Aaron Jones or whatever. But like to me, when I see him going over the running backs that are the same age as him, that are in my opinion more talented, that are in you know as good or better situations, it just it drives me nuts. It's yeah, I. If you can get him low, like I've seen some places where you're selling, like if you can sell to get a more elite running back, go for it. Why not? Um, get something that's a bit more stable. But if you can move him for a first, that's what I moved him for. Uh, it ended up being the 112 because the guy won the league and that's I was depressed gross. about it. That felt that felt gross looking back. I wouldn't back, want but that now, the, but I understand why people no. did that at the time. And I did that at the time. I sold for he was, less than that at the time. Yeah. He like was early four, on. He was four and five at the time and wanted to make a push. And I said, I'll take your first because the stats aren't in your favor. And right. sometimes you lose it. But if you can go and get any of those top 12 guys for James Robinson, I'd do it. Like I would move into something a bit more sturdy. Right. Um, before we go into wide receivers, that's the big one. Let's just really quickly touch tight ends. This will take two seconds. Um, the real question here, yeah. George Kittle, Travis Kelsey, Darren Waller. Those are a big three. I think you could you could argue me. You Waller's third, but you could argue any of those three in any order, and I don't think anyone's going to disagree that those are the three elite tight ends right now. Yeah, I mean, those are the guys, right? I mean, yeah. it's sort of, it just, it becomes, an, I don't know, it, it depends on what you value, right? Like if yeah. Kelsey is the best, he's also the oldest, so he ends up, you know, number two for me. Honestly, I might even move him down to three. I might move Waller ahead. I still have Kittle as my number one. Just because, you know, he's the one that I have the most confidence in as a complete tight end moving forward. But those those are the top three. Um, the one thing I want to mention uh, real quick here, the old number four, Mr. Zacherts, has plummeted. Um, yeah. That's depressing. So you can see how quick, like, I don't think Kelsey's going to hit that anytime soon. But tight end's so volatile. Uh, for me, the question now becomes at four. Is your four TJ Hawkinson or is your four Kyle Pitts? Oh, my my four is going to be Hawkinson. My gonna, four is Kyle stay Pitts. Hawkinson for now. But yeah, I can I, easily see Pitts jumping him. Kyle Pitts, before he has a landing spot for me, will be my tight end four. I have already tweeted out as my bold claim. I think Kyle Pitts is going to go down as one of the best tight ends in history and will be a Hall of Fame tight end. I will openly admit I will overdraft him everywhere. Like everywhere well, in startups that I'm getting the 106, 107, I've already written pits into my brain. So if somebody wants to take him at 104, 105, go for it. But I'm going to force people to draft him earlier it, than they want. It, it could happen. Like uh, it depends on the landing spot. If he goes to say like the Chargers, I've seen the Chargers mocked. Uh, yeah. If he went to the Cowboys, I've seen them mocked. Then he would definitely be my four. Um, I'll say this, like I definitely like Kyle Pitts right now more than I like Hawkinson as a prospect, especially for fantasy. Like Hawkinson is that complete tight end. Yep. Um, you know, Pitts really like he's a tight end in name only to me. Like he the way that he plays, if if they change him to wide receiver tomorrow, I'd be fine. Like I think it's 
like in terms of a comp, I don't know what my comp for him will be, but like if you were to tell me you were going to comp him to DK Metcalf, that would make more sense than Same. comping him to, to he, TJ Hawkinson. Is he the right? same like, size as AJ Brown or like who's bigger? Him oh, or AJ oh, Brown? Oh, Pitts for sure. Like, like Brown, Pitts and Brown's Pitts huge. Is six, Pitts is six six two forty. Like honestly, like to yeah. me, like Pitts is like a faster, more fluid Mike Williams. Yeah, playing like, tight end. And so I, I like Pitts. He's he's my favorite tight end prospect. I've had the opportunity to see he could easily end up at four in my preseason rankings. For now, I'm I'm sort of penciling him in between Hawkinson and Andrews, but he could he could totally pass Hawkinson. Do not be afraid, in my opinion. If, if you have a premium, hundred thousand percent, he shoots up a board. But like, even without a premium tight end, so gross. I would take him as high as one hundred five because of I think my the way worries. you need to think about Pitts is you need to evaluate him honestly as a wide receiver. Yep. And you need to think about it. You need to first think about where would he slot in if they change his positional designation into your wide receiver rankings. And then after that, you just you just sort of slot into your mind of, okay, now this wide receiver fills the tight end position. And so how much does that affect him? Yep. But like when you're thinking of who to draft, it's like, would you draft, you know, TJ Hawkinson or Amari Cooper, TJ Hawkinson or Allen Robinson? Like that's sort of like yep. where that's sort of the conversation conversation that i think he belongs in yeah uh, i think we agree mark andrews is just kind of just a little bit behind there but uh, yeah i have him kind of in that tier with them but a lower tier like there's got to be like kind of a middle tier because i think he's a bit ahead of Noah. yeah Fant. it's like so Hawk, i see here andrews Fant. yeah and then uh it kind of gets into just the ugly tight end situation like johnny smith good tight end bad situation mm. hunter henry situations we'll up in the air we'll see where yeah, he ends we'll up um, my boy dallas g look if Ertz is gone dallas g will jump up for me uh around that fan age i think he's actually a very talented tight end um same thing with then again same thing with mike jasicki like both of them are talented it's just you need volume at tight end you need yeah volume. i like i like jasicki more than goddard just because he's he's got more big play upside to me like jasicki's a four five five guy his speed scores off the charts. Goddard's like runs in the four eights. He's older. Um, I like Goddard. I like how he's produced. I just worry that the Philly offense, you know, really ran through the tight ends oh. under Wentz. And if Wentz isn't there anymore, I don't know that I'm going to project the same level of silly tight end target share that, that it's always been. So I have Goddard at eight just behind Gasicki, but I have him ahead of Henry and Johnu and Ingram. So, yeah, I'm just going to read yours out because these are gross. Hunter Henry's at 9. John Smith's at 10. Evan Ingram, Pro Bowler Evan Ingram of the New York Giants, gross. is at 11. And yeah. Robert Tonyan. Robert Tonyan. Tonyan, sorry. Robert Tonyan yeah. is at 12. Like, fuck. give me a name, 10 or below, that if you have to pick one, he's going to be your tight end one. Yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> at a certain point to me, like, if I miss on the top, like, well, I'll Six? put it this way. I'll put it this way, like I'm never gonna pick Hawk Andrews Fant where they go pretty much in drafts. Maybe Fant, sometimes Fant falls. But like Hawkinson and Andrews to me are always going when I could take like DJ Moore, T. Higgins, Terry McLaurin. Like I just yeah, like there's just guys I like more. Um, so I'm just never taking them in startups. I'll take Kittle, Kelsey, or Waller, um, for sure. I'm open to it, especially in tight end premium. Once I miss those guys, I'm not gonna take Hawkinson or Andrew at cost. I don't want to screw with the middle tier. Like, I just don't want to pay more for a guy like a Tunyon or an Engram where they could just be gross. So, like, at that point, like, I'm, I'll am i just be drafting, like, Adam Troutman as my tight end one in startups, to be honest with you. I've done it in multiple leagues now. And, 
like because to me it's like if I'm getting gross production at my tight end anyways, I may as well just invest in nothing. And I may as well invest it in like a guy who's got some upside. So I'll take Troutman. I'll take Komet. Who I was going to say, do you love Komet? Who, who usually goes in the teens. I'm in one startup with a certain individual um, <laughs> who I won't name who took Cole Komet as their tight end four in round five. This person? Uh, while T. Higgins was oh, still on the board. So no. I'm not going to mention any names, but... Um, Usually in a draft with sane people, you can get you can get them late. So I'll take like Troutman, I'll take Komet, I'll take Harrison Bryant, OJ Howard, like any of those guys with some like actual speed, with some athleticism, with some youth on their side. I'd rather do that than go down like the Gronk route. I'll take like a Gronk or like a Hayden Hurst or whatever as a tight end two if you just want that veteran there. But I, I would rather go like I would so much rather take Troutman as my tight end one in like the sixteenth if I'm punting then have to take like Evan Ingram in the ninth. Like that yeah. just seems gross. I, my outside of the top 12, I love Logan Thomas. I think he's again, that Washington team's up. It's just going up. I, if I can get yeah. him, yeah, I like not Logan. a gross price. Like if I can get him relatively cheap, I'll do it uh, past that. I'm still going to be the believer. I'll go down with the ship until I die. Chris Herndon, Smash oh, him in the last God. round of your startup. Get him as late as humanly possible. Adam Gase is gone. Players that leave Adam Gase's sim- system do way better. Oh, um, I have a but, late one. I have a super late one for you. Do you want to hear one? I would love to hear it. Yeah, Darnold, pa- Darnold. Parham? Donald Darnold? Parham. Parham. Take Donald Parham and then Anthony Ferkser. Those would be the two you should be taking at the end of your draft. They're both very young. Parham, 23. Ferkser, 25. Both of them are athletic, especially Parham is an athletic specimen. Both Johnny Smith and Hunter Henry are free agents going into this year. If, you know, to me, if Hunter Henry leaves and they don't draft Kyle Pitts, Parham should have an opportunity to just take the job. And if you get the tight end one who's super athletic at 24 years old for Justin Herbert, that's a smash. Berkser, we've already seen, has been a tight end one in the games when he's gotten a chance to play with Johnny Hurt. And he is purely a pass catching tight end, right? Like Johnny, one of the problems with him is that he's a pass catcher. They bring him in to block a lot. Ferkser ain't blocking. He's purely that slot tight end. So if he got a chance to be, you know, if they if they move on from Johnny and if it becomes sort of a division of responsibilities with Michael Pruitt as their blocking tight end and Ferkser as the pass catching tight end, I like him as well. Especially if Corey Davis is potentially moving on and he could sort of be that number two target. So Parham and Ferkser would be like my take him as your tight end three late round stabs like Logan Thomas was last posture. Yep. Um, so going to wide receivers here, I uh, will try and go through quick the top bit, but there'll be some argument. Like here's the thing about wide receiver. It's deep as it can get. Like I'm looking at your ranks right now and you've got someone like Robert Woods at 32 right now. Robert Woods finished mm-hmm. top 12 wide receiver this year. He you did. didn't like it. You like, I had him on a team and he didn't like how he got there, but he was a top 12 wide receiver. He's consistent. He was He's a floor. But uh, your first tier here, we've got DK Metcalf, Devontae Adams, AJ Brown, Tyreek Hill, Justin Jefferson. Um, one guy in there you want to talk about. Who is it? Um, I mean, I guess I'll, I'll talk about Justin Jefferson because I think he's probably the most interesting. I think everyone understands why Tyreek Hill and Devontae are ranked really highly. Um, I think AJ, DK, probably not surprising a whole lot of people as those young guys. But, you know, Jefferson, I've seen him even go as the wide receiver one. And I don't think it's that crazy. Um, you know, I think we've seen him go over 1400 yards as a rookie. That's super, super impressive. Um, he comes in, you know, only 21 years old. He's going to be 22 next year. He runs in the early four fours, uh, which is excellent. 
Um, he has the requisite size. He's been great at all aspects. He's been a great route runner. He's been great in contested catches. He's got a nose for the end zone. He's everything you want to see. And, you know, people are saying, oh, I want to see when he gets the number one treatment. He does get the number one treatment. Like when you watch Vikings games, especially later on in the year, Oh, he was Kirk getting... Cousins was treating him as the alpha. Opposing defenses were treating him as the alpha. Like Adam Thielen was not soaking up all of the alpha corners over the last half of the year. When they played the Packers, they shadowed him with Jair Alexander. Right, that was the level of respect that they had for Justin Jefferson as the most, uh, you know, most pressing threat for that Minnesota offense. So I think Justin Jefferson is justifiable, honestly, wherever you want to take him. I have him at five, um, but if someone was to say they're taking him at one, I, I wouldn't laugh at them. I don't think it's crazy. Um, my one I want to talk in here real quick uh, is the man who killed me in the semifinals, AJ Brown. Look, if you can get AJ Brown, I would overpay for AJ Brown. That's what I'm going to say here. It's just You'll have if you to. can get him for like any kind of young, up promising rookie, like if you can sell the whole DJ Chark or Lewis Chenault and Trevor Lawrence thing, and you can add a P- that to another piece and move up to AJ, like go buy AJ Brown. I don't care what the price is, go buy AJ Brown because he is a grown man doing grown man things. He is he just they are a run heavy team and he is still putting up ridiculous numbers because a he's the alpha of alphas and b he's he, like i don't think i've seen him drop many balls he's rarely hurt he is just well, out he's there always hurt getting but he's playing oh, he's always, he's always hurt, hurt. But he's playing yeah he's but he's never out like he yeah. he's so consistent but he has so much upside like there are games where you like a three touchdown game from him wouldn't surprise me any week, like any week with what they've got. If the way they set up their play action pass to get him open, and as long as Henry's still there, like he is going to be a bona fide top three guy, no problem. And then was, even afterwards, he was wide receiver six this year in points per game, and that was in a year where he only got ten targets once. Right. Yep. They have a free agent tight end and a free agent wide receiver, and they're pretty up against the cap. So there's going to be less target competition. And from a dynasty perspective, he's only 23. Right. Like we were talking about Derrick Henry earlier. You know, was he going to slow down next year, the year after, the year after that, whenever? It will happen at some point. Right. Even if it happens four years from now, AJ Brown will only be 27 at that point, just entering his prime. And the post Henry era of AJ Brown to me, is going to be bonkers because no longer is he going to be in this, you know, super run-heavy offense where he's only going to get eight targets every game, right? Like, if you actually get him in an offense where they have to throw the ball and he's going to get fed 12 targets a game where they're sort of using him as the quasi-running game in bubble screens and jet sweeps, like they have to use guys like Debo and Ayuk and Woods, whatever. Like, there's, there's so much untapped potential with him beyond what he's currently doing. And what he currently did was put up, you know, wide receiver six and points per game this year. I mean, I love AJ. He's my favorite player yeah. in the NFL. Uh, yeah. Can't say enough good things about AJ. So your next here, I don't think there's much I disagree with here either. Uh, when they follow me, I just take the guy that kind of falls to me. Stefan Diggs, honestly, I'd argue might be in that first group with how well he's been with Josh Allen. Like Josh, like that trade worked out so well for both teams. Like Justin Jefferson, <laughs> Stefan Diggs, like win, win. Oh, like a great, that's a great win-win trade looking back on it. But Stefan Diggs, DeAndre Hopkins, CeeDee Lamb, DJ Moore, T. Higgins, Terry McLaurin, Chris Godwin. That's our top 12. And you can throw in Calvin Ridley and MT at 14. Um, the one I want you to talk about here that usually surprises most people, but I don't think it should, is T. Higgins. Like, you have T. Higgins at 10. Is that too low? 
You know, it might be like I, I strongly, I was on the clock and I had my choice of Moore or Higgins and I did go with Moore. Um, but I strongly considered Higgins. Like I said this about Metcalf, I think in week one where I said, you know, I'm not a hundred percent sold, you know, on exactly what he is as a talent, but if I was simply ranking wide receivers by how likely they are to be the dynasty wide receiver one in a year or two, I would put Metcalf at the top of the list. And that's kind of how I feel about T Higgins. Like we haven't seen the whole picture when he came in, he wasn't a starter. Then he became a starter. And then he only had a few weeks with Burrow before he goes down. But you know, this was a guy where it sort of brought up to me like early career DeAndre Hopkins, where he's playing with these junk ass quarterbacks and he's still finding ways to get open. He's still finding ways to bring down these ducks and contested catch situations. And he's got everything you want to see. I mean, he, he has the deep threat ability. He's got great contested catch ability. He has an ability to separate that I, I think I honestly underestimated. And I think he's shown more speed or at least functional playing speed than he sort of showed in shorts at the combine. To me, there's the ceiling. The ceiling doesn't exist for T. Higgins. He has the quarterback. He has the offense. He has all the talent in the world. He is the undisputed alpha of that offense. And, you know, a guy like Tyler Boyd, to me, he's the second fiddle, right? He's the slot guy. He's going to soak up some targets over in the middle. But T. Higgins is the big play guy. He's the red zone threat. He's the guy where, you know, easily we could be looking at 100-plus catch, 1,500-plus yard, 10-plus touchdown seasons from T. Higgins. I have him 10. And if you were to say, you know, fast forward to a year or two years from now, he's the wide receiver one, I wouldn't be that surprised about it. He's a guy that I think people should be trying to overpay for today and i'll use the phrase of uh i think this is a rich dawson phrase but an overpay today is an underpay tomorrow an overpay today is an underpay tomorrow for t higgins who the heck has t higgins in this league anyways because they're a lucky person that's you isn't it it's one thousand percent me and that's why i wanted you to talk about it make me feel good about my roster again um there's actually the two receivers i want to talk are both actually on my roster too uh hopkins and michael thomas if hopkins you're not gonna be able to buy for cheap he's been great um, he's he's the core alpha on that cards team, and he's man Bill O'Brien. Like, how do you how do you trade oh, that? Bill. Away? Like, can you, oh Bill, oh Bill is correct. But uh, the one for me is if you can buy MT cheap, like if you can buy him cheaper than kind of wide receiver fourteen, uh, go and get him. He's still as much as uh, I bug slant boy. He is talented. He had a very down season. He was injured pretty much all year. But even when we saw what he was paired with Taysom Hill. He was putting up crazy amounts of points. I think if James Winston ends up being the starting quarterback there, he just chucks the ball like it's nobody's business. Michael Thomas, if you can get him for any, like if you could get him for, like, say, Jerry Judy and a little bit more, I'd do that. Like any of these kind of guys below him, I'd go and acquire Michael Thomas. Yeah, he's a little bit older, but he's going to be a top 12 wide receiver, I think, for the next few years without a problem because of his talent. Um, As we said, wide receivers deep, though, Jacob, who's one guy outside your top? we'll say top 20 that you're uh, really high on. Yeah. Who's one guy outside your top 20 that cracks your top 20 next year, you think? Yeah. If there's, if there's one guy, I would probably say it's going to be LaVisca Chenault would be the top of my list for that. Um, Chenault is a guy that I loved, you know, in the draft process. Um, Does everybody remember that, you know, Bugs Bunny cartoon where, you sort of it's Bugs Bunny's here, Bugs Bunny's there, Bugs Bunny's there, right? It's like he's doing every single job. That was Chenault watching Colorado tape in college. He was their wide receiver. He played outside. He played in the slot. 
He played at H-back. He played at halfback. He played wildcat quarterback. He was their punt returner. He was their kick returner. Whatever whatever they were doing on offense, it was running through this guy, LaVisca Chenault, and just an incredible athlete. People were turned off because he ran 4-5-8 at the combine. He was he ran hurt. I don't understand who his agent was. I don't understand why they let him run at the combine because if you watch him play, he's just not a 4-5-8 four, four, guy at all. He's 100%, I think, in the high 4-4s. Four and if you take that high 4-4s, four he's 6-1 quarter, 227. My opinion, when he's not hurt, he runs high 4-4s. Four, A.J. Brown, 6 feet, 226, 4-4-9. Four, four, That's who I see when I watch Chenault in space, when I watch him with the ball after the catch. The only thing he's been missing is that quarterback play. I mean, Minshew, bit of a checkdown king. Glennon, oh wait, 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 bit more. Who are they going to draft? They're going to draft Trevor Lawrence. <gasps> wait, draft Trevor the Lawrence. best quarterback prospect since Andrew Luck, supposedly. We don't get to talk about Andrew Luck, but um, <laughs> Trevor Lawrence, right? So the all of a sudden he goes from this terrible situation to this great situation, and I think. You see people reacting really strongly for Chark. I think that's warranted. I like Chark. Obviously, a massive upgrade for him getting Trevor Lawrence. But I think there's just as much of a chance that it's LaVisca Chenault that actually ends up as the alpha of this offense. Or maybe they end up as co-alphas of this offense. But I just think with everything Chenault can do after the catch, and this is a guy that he didn't even start playing football that early in his life. He can continue to grow, continue to develop as a more complete wide receiver. But he's just a playmaker. He's just a guy you want to get the ball to, especially if they end up hiring someone like an Urban Meyer, you know, like someone who's a really inventive offensive mind. Like you you just can't get in a better situation than having this great quarterback with hopefully an incredible offensive mind that's going to see a guy like Chenault and the natural athleticism that he presents want to get in the ball. You know, he's a guy where the ceiling is totally unlimited and I could see him vaulting up, you know, into the top 12 even next year oh, yeah. if things break right. My my answer to this, um, one of the ones I just want to quickly mention, OBJ, I think OBJ has a chance to potentially make this back into the top 20 on a not injured season, but I don't want to go into depth with him because there is a lot of risk there. If you want to go get OBJ, you're inheriting a lot of risk, but I, I think if him as much as anyone has a chance to crack the top 20, um, but for me, it's the other rookie that everyone's going to be talking about is Denzel Mims. Uh, everyone to buy Denzel Mims when he thought Trevor Lawrence was going there. Justin Fields is going to be a great quarterback people and Denzel Mims uh, is going to be the alpha on that team. Look, when this season, when he finally wasn't injured and he was playing with Joe Flacco and Sam Darnold, the numbers he were putting up, like, just nice and efficient. He looked good. He was making the catch. He was, like, there was nothing to complain about. You saw him come out, and pretty much we said this year, any rookie that came out uh, was either injured or blew up. Denzel Mims is going to be that guy next year. Um, I think when he gets a big quarterback upgrade, um, if they don't go fields, then they're idiots. But um, what if they just stick with Sam? I mean, sure, go for it. Let me hate my life some more. <laughs> but I mean, fields in some other spots, I'd love even more for my field shares. But look, Denzel Mims, if you can get him cheap, go get him. I don't think you're getting him cheap anymore, which is the unfortunate part. So wait till after the draft. Make sure they draft fields and then go get Mims because he's gonna he's gonna boom. And then I can't end this segment without mentioning, of course. Um, the one guy I actually think is never going to make the top 12 and make the make top 20. That is Brian Edwards, wide receiver, Las Vegas. I just called them. The, was going to call them Rams. Las Vegas Raiders, uh, who you currently have at wide receiver 53. Uh, I think he's a lot better than that. His breakout age, all of his stats looked good. He had a beautiful touchdown in week 17. 
Um, go get Brian Edwards for cheap if you can, because you will not be upset about oh, it. Oh, and you can. Oh, and you can. You can totally <laughs> you can. can. You can. So. I, I, I'll put, I mean, I haven't watched your 53, and I just acquired a share in a startup draft pretty comfortably. So yeah, you can, you can get him very cheap. No, so he he is my brand. I'm very well aware of it. But the Brian Edwards truthers are real loud. But if you can find somebody that has Brian Edwards that isn't a truther, you'll get him for dirt cheap. So yeah, go acquire him. It's yeah. I think. Do you think that's actually something worth it, or do you think this is just a pipe dream of mine? No, I think it's totally worth it. Um, you know, I upside wins championships. So to me, it's like if you're in that, if you're if you're you know in a startup, or if you're just looking for like a piece to add on to a trade, right? You know, let's let's uh, I'll use an example from the from the most recent Dynasty Nerds podcast. They talked about selling James Robinson, right? But anyone, right? If you're if you're like, okay, I'll sell you this guy for a you know a first, but I need something else. Right. And they come at you and they're like, okay, well, I'll sell it to you for a first and a third. Or, you know, let's say they have some boring dude on the roster. Like, I'll sell it to you for a first and Marvin Jones or, you know, a first and Sterling Shepard or, I don't know, a first and some dusty ass running back like David Johnson. Saying, no, no, no. Give it to me for a first and Brian Edwards. Right. Like, Edwards could totally be nothing, but especially if you're able to acquire him, you know, for something that's not particularly important, where he's not the centerpiece of the deal. You're, you're just buying the upside, and he has the alpha size. He has the right profile. And, you know, one nice thing that sort of went for both Ruggs and Edwards' favor is everyone was kind of concerned early on. It was like, okay, well, what if Edwards is the alpha and then, you know, Ruggs isn't it? And, then, you know, what if, what if Ruggs does totally take over and he was drafted first, and then where's Edwards going to slot in? Well, they both kind of sucked this year. <laughs> so... You know, I know Nelson Aguilar was a nice story this year, but oh, that's God. not a long-term situation. So the wide receiver one chair, to the extent it's not filled by Darren Waller, is fully up for grabs. And, you know, if you can get Brian Edwards or Henry Ruggs, like one of those guys I do think is going to eventually break out, and it could totally be Edwards. He has a really good profile. If anything, he probably has more excuses for not breaking out than Ruggs because his injuries are much more sustained. So I have no problem with buying the upside of Brian Edwards. And I, I would much rather have him than like a like a Marvin Jones or better oh, thing yeah. than Nikhil Harry, for instance, who's had two years to break out and didn't. You know, I'd rather take him than an Antonio Brown or Nelson Aguilar, T.Y. Hilton, any of those type of guys. Give me give me Brian Edwards. And John Gruden's system is notoriously hard to learn. Like I've heard that sure. a lot of places. So I wouldn't be surprised if that rookie learning curve for both of them is just a little tougher. But again, if you're getting compared to Jefferson, if you're getting compared to T Higgins, you're getting compared to CD lamb, like that's tough company to be in. They're good wide receivers. Like this class was, was lived up to its billing. So um, yeah, so that's it of our rankings. Went a little bit longer than we thought, but hopefully you guys enjoy that content. Uh, we're going to hit a quick pause here before we do our draft lottery for our home league. So stay tuned. Um, uh, our last um, bit here. Um, it says starting recording. I hope it's re actually recording. Um, oh, there it goes. Now it's recording. So we're back. Uh, we've got Kieran Hall on the line. Kieran, how are you doing today? He's doing great. Doing well. He's doing well. Kieran is here with us for our little uh, start here. So uh, uh, Kieran has a 52% chance of winning. Jacob, uh, would you say that's very similar to flipping one coin? Yes, yeah, like a coin with like a slight bit of like muck or something attached to the bottom side. So you're you're pretty much 50-50, but it's just slightly better than 50-50. Um, Kieran, how is the season for you? Uh, you know, not the best. Um, 
I'm not, I'm not, I'm not wearing a clown suit. Um, I didn't have to worry about one last matchup against Brad to wear a clown suit. So in that sense, it was a victory and I have his pick. So it was a moral <laughs> victory. So just again, as a reminder, everyone, uh, Kieran has currently, his pick would be 11th overall. Uh, Brad's pick is 12th overall. Both of these belong to Kieran. Uh, Kieran can always move them and always trade them, but that means he will have balls 1, 2, 7, and 8, 12 and 13, 16 and 17, 19 and 20, and 21. That comes to a total of 11 of the 21 balls. So when I hit this number, of one of those, yeah, you, uh, you're a big ball handler, you point guard? Oh, yeah. yeah. Call me Rajon Rondo. Just dishing out assists. <laughs> Um, of course, uh, Andrew, he uh, traded his first round pick. He finished 10th to Trevor. So there's four balls to Trevor. Trevor also finished 7th, so he will get one ball from that for a total of five balls. Marty has three balls here, and Coco has two balls. Kieran, we've brought you on for this call so that when you see this, you can celebrate if it's you and tell us how you feel about getting this. And if it's not you, you can tell us how much you hate your life. Okay? So I'd like to okay. double check with my authorities here. Jacob, does this look correct? We want to generate one number between 1 and 21 inclusive in one column. Does that sound yeah, correct, Jacob? This looks correct. And you Sid, have it plotted, right? Exactly what numbers equate exactly. to Exactly. It is here? pinned. It is pinned in the 2020 league. Sid, do you approve? Yeah, yes. Kieran, Kieran, do you know what numbers you're rooting for? But, uh, no. One, one two. You're, you're rooting for 1, 2, 7, 8. Five. Um, 12, okay, 13, help. 12, 13, <laughs> one, two, you want me to, uh, you know what, Kieran, I'm just going to send you this quick message here. It is one, two, seven, eight, 12, 13, 16, 17, 19, 20, and 21. Do you see any of those numbers in a second? You've won the sweepstakes. Are you ready? Okay. I have I have a question. Yes. Yeah. So it's uh oh it's, it's inclusive. Okay, just making sure inclusive. you know one and twenty one. Yeah, okay. you didn't want to I'm, lose those. Are, those are two of your numbers, so yeah. I understand. Yeah, that. yeah, that's that's yeah. big odds, big odds. So yeah. and then and we're only doing it for one spot. So whoever gets it, everyone else just bumps down. So basically, if if Kieran gets it, it doesn't matter because either one becomes two or two becomes one. And then basically, if anyone else gets this. Uh, it would just bump Kieran back to two, three, whoever else would get jumped would get bumped back one. The really interesting one, the only other person with two shots at this is Trevor. He currently has the projected third overall pick and he has a projected sixth overall pick. So the most chaotic number that could come up would be if the number six comes up, Trevor would jump all the way to one with his own pick. Kieran would then have picks two and three. And then Trevor with Andrew's pick would be at four. So keep an eye on number six. That would be an extremely chaotic outcome. Are we ready to go? Sid, are you approving? Do you see me clicking the button? Yeah. You're okay, you're here we go. Are we ready? Drum roll, please. <laughs> number 15. <laughs> Who's that? That goes to Nicholas Martineau. Nick Martino. Out of nowhere, wow. from the clown house to the from penthouse. From the clown house to the, his second <laughs> year in a row, he will pick 101. Last time he had to trade gonna, for he's it. He's going to take another quarterback. He's just oh, Sid is just swearing. Sid is just swearing in the background. Really, the kid that's going to slap himself with his own dick is going to get the fuck <laughs> Is that on the podcast? <laughs> 
<laughs> Kieran, oh, we gotta go wait. to you first. Oh, Kieran, wait, 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 wait. Can I, can I please play the part of Nick Martino? Can you interview me? You know what? Yes, we will. We will do that. Nick Martino, how you feeling? Oh man, I'm feeling pretty good. I uh, just got first overall pick, so that's pretty good for today. You just <laughs> sorry, sorry, Nick. We gotta cut it over. Kieran, Kieran is livid. Kieran's got fans in the background. Kieran, what are your hey, fans? Man, shoot or pick? shoot, go to Kieran. Kieran, we go live to you. You're oh, unmuted. I'm muted. Yeah, you were. Can we, uh, can we ask how you're you know, feeling? Uh, it just sums up how this day. I, I don't know, man. This, this is it's just tough. Is this 2020 for you? Is this, was this just the cherry on top of 2020? It feels like it. Um, you, know, you know, I was kind of anticipating this was going to happen. It was too good to be true. Um, 15, that sucks. Well, two and three, two, well, I hey, you know, I'll have Justin Fields. I would yeah. say, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Look, you, Marty has Patrick Mahomes. Marty also has Joe Burrow. And Daniel you, Jones. And Daniel Jones. Do you really think he needs another quarterback? Do you well, know what you Marty know what? needs? Hey, do you know what Marty hey, needs more I than anything? Joe Burrow, I got the best quarterback, and then I got Patrick Mahomes, I got the best quarterback. Now I'm going to get Trevor Lawrence, I have the best quarterback. I don't need running backs. Melvin Gordon is going to be totally fine. <laughs> Philip Lindsay RB two, that's awesome, man. I got everything figured out. Don't even worry about it. I'm not worried about it. Don't worry about it. Kieran, I think your move here might be to trade that 103 for the 101. It might cost you a little bit more or, than or just you or you could at least move for like Burrow, right? Yeah, like you go for Burrow, you go for one of them for Mahomes. Oh yeah. Oh, make a move from Mahomes. Yeah, right. Make a move on Pat or Daniel but I think, Jones. No. Daniel this Jones. Man, this man needs Daniel a running Jones. back. Get Daniel Jones. This man needs a running back like like a plant needs water. Like Jacob needs a white claw. Like I do need a white claw right now. I like like I think that is. I think Kira needs a claw right now. I think Kieran Kieran needs a few claws. <laughs> just like his field. You were guaranteed fields no matter what at the one two, but like. Yeah, going from Lawrence down to the down to the Najee Harris zone, um, it's a setback for sure. But I have faith yeah. in you. I'm just personally, I'm very glad that I didn't actually trade uh, Lawrence for Nick Chubb. So I'm I'm like low key stoked about this. But yeah, <laughs> I, I had I, that pick yeah. a lot. <laughs> yeah, so that means I guess my own pick would be the 103, and then Brad's right. is the yes. 102. So yeah, correct. That's all right. You know, I think with owning the 102 and the 103, it makes uh, the draft probably going to be more interesting, I guess, from a, a spectator's perspective, because now uh, like, I'm much more likely to move one of the picks or do mm-hmm. something. My That's picks, because I have 102, 103, and now uh, 110, I think, because Tom won that third place game. Yeah. Uh, I'll have three top 10 picks, so it'll be interesting. That's like, pretty it, great. And in a draft like this, like I wouldn't, I think you're in a great spot. Like I'm not gonna lie, I'm a little, uh, little happy that you're not gonna have T Law unless you have to trade more for him because having T Law and Justin Fields in my division for the next ten years would have legitimate, legitimately made me cry. So yeah, Marty's little, stocked right now. Like, like he's Marty, Holmes, Lawrence, Burrow, and then what does he have a wide receiver? Chris Godwin. Um, he's got Godwin. Diddy. He's got Cooper. Right. Yeah, he's got Judy. Is, is he, does he have Judy or is that no? Trevor? He does, Trevor has Judy. He has Justin Jefferson and DK. Oh, he has freaking Justin Jefferson and DK. Okay, so he's got Godwin Cooper, Jefferson, DK. So he's got four like elite 
wide receiver ones. He's got three QB ones. Running backs aren't really a factor on his team, but he's got a lot of ability to get those. So things are looking up in the lands of Nick Martineau right now. That's for oh, sure. Oh, yeah. Like he, I can't believe he pulled that off. 15? What a wow. random number that is. So that's three straight years that or two straight years here. Last time it was the it was the third best odds won it, and then then it was the fourth best odds this time. I think so, it's cursed. You don't you don't want to finish last. The clown curse is real. But he went from the clown house to the penthouse. So next yep. year, Brad Henderson will get the. Oh wait, no, he won't. I own his pick. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Although it didn't right. work out very well for Kieran. Maybe the owning Brad. Although Brad Brad's pick was was uh, did get the first overall last year. So. It alternates, but it's always in the mix. I'll say that about Brad's pick. All right. Well, Kieran, we're sorry to bring you bad news. Thank you. Sorry, for Kieran. Support. Thanks for joining us, Kieran. You know, things oh, happen. Thanks for having me. It's uh, you're still going to get a lot of great players. Hey, I still think you yeah. move up to go get him. Marty needs a yeah. running back it's more. True. So he does. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, or I just take Jamar Chase and call it a day. We'll see. Oh, yeah, I don't hate that. I mean, I hate that because. You could take that. Who, what is your team right now? Where are your needs at? Like, who you got right now? Running well, back right now, wise? let me. Let's do a quick breakdown of Kieran's I team. I need for a running off. back. Oh, he's got Jalen Hurts. He's got Jalen Hurts. He's got Top 12 Kirk Cousins. He's got Baker Mayfield. Oh, so you're pretty Winston. sad at quarterback, actually. So, yeah. so running back, like, well, you have because you have Gibson, and then after that, it's a little thin, right? Damian Harris would be my second true. Yeah, yeah. Maybe so this you might you might out. want to double up. You might want to add a much better Harris to your team. That could be possible. Yeah. Najee Harris. If you listen to the whole podcast, Kieran, you'll learn about our RB one between us. You might want to take him at one hundred three. Um, oh, but yeah, Javante Williams. Javante Williams. That's our guy. Well, uh, my guy. You've got it's your one B. You get to you get to bring him. Fair, in fair. I, he was jumping upwards. Yeah. Etienne is yeah. falling. Big, yeah, right? ETN is not, with, not doing uh, so well. This guy, Trey Sherman. Trey Sherman? Trey Sherman. Ohio State. Every time yeah. I watch him, he seems to get 200 yards. Is he legit? or He's legit. I don't know that he's being talked about at that level. He's kind of in a weird spot. Like He was a transfer um, and Master Teague, which is an incredible name. Um, Master Teague was their feature back for most of the year. And then Sermon kind of took over late. So he'll be an interesting prospect. Um, I don't even know if he'll declare for sure. But if, but if he does, like he'll definitely be interesting because he came on super strong at the end of the year. Uh, if, we'll just yeah, we'll yeah. see if that's like a mirage or if, or if he's legit. If he, There's definitely uh, a lot of people that are high on him and have him top five. Yeah, I was going to say, if he if he declares he's my RB5, uh, I'll say right now on this for you the for the league here, uh, for me it's okay. Harris, uh, Najee Harris, Javante Williams, uh, Travis Etienne, Kenneth Gainwell, and uh, Sermon would be five. Uh, Chuba Hubbard has fallen, unfortunately, way down yeah. for me. And I love yeah. Chuba. So it's I'll take plummeting. him in like the third. But yeah, uh, Sermon's going to be a good piece. But yeah, even quick roster. Mark Andrews, you're pretty good. Mike Evans, Chase Claypool, Antonio Gibson. Like you've, you've got good pieces you here. You crushed you've got good this 2020 rookie draft with Hurts and yeah. Claypool and Gibson all eight. That's insane. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Pittman. And like, Pittman. And Harrison Bryant on your taxi squad isn't a bad spot to be. Yeah, yeah that's three, nice. three firsts here. I think you're going to be fine even with losing this. You take that running back, yeah. you take another share of uh, field since you just sniped me in our other draft we're in together. 
Mm. Um, which I was not happy about because that was my next pick. I feel but... like I took him a bit early. Oh, Jacob, no. what's your pick in that draft? Oh, is it right now? Oh, boy. Yeah, I, I hate so. my team in that draft so much. I'm used to training oh, so a lot, I. And, and I haven't been able to do any training. So I'm just sitting here and what, what was Sid's phrase? Slapping my own dick against my thigh? <laughs> Whatever Pretty much. Is. Anyways, oh, I'm going to wrap this up here so we yeah. can uh, keep going gonna... and make the podcast not too long. Yep. Kieran, thank you for joining us. We're going to play the outro music over top of my voice right now. Thank you, guys. We will do this more often. Jacob and I will do some actual rookie reviews over the winter break. Uh, Kieran, good luck. We will see you all in April for the draft. Until then, clear eyes, full hearts. They can't lose. They can't lose. Take care, guys. I'm, Stay uh, safe. Except Kieran. He can lose a lot. Yeah.